This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am, as always, your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. Um, I hope you're relaxing, spending time with family, friends, or doing a hobby, playing some sports, whatever it is you're doing. Thank you for tuning in to me, and uh, thank you for everyone who shares my content online. Um, I really do appreciate it. last couple of weeks have been really good um, reactions to the shows, which I truly appreciate. Um, as always, you can listen to them anytime. They're free, and they're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so please consider sharing them with your friends. The last couple of weeks have been pretty important issues um, between Karl Marx uh, and his checklist of communism, and... Last week, the Supreme Court. Today's show, I want to do a bit of self-reflecting. I want to ask you some tough questions that are based around your culture and how you act and how you react to things and, and the way you think. As always, I think my job is not to... If you think I preach or I'm talking down to you or I'm telling you the way you should be, I really don't. That's never my intention. My intention is to is to kind of throw you up against the wall and give you a load of tough principal questions and for you to find your answer for them. And I've been planning this show for a while. Um, I do a lot of research and I come up with loads of ideas and they just automatically just come to fruition at a certain time. And today I wanted to focus in on the culture because... I'm seeing a lot of things I'm finding very disturbing online to some of my colleagues and to some of the reaction I got to last week's show, quite honestly, and I thought this week is the prime week to do it. Before I get started and ask you some tough questions that I want to ask you, I want to outline last week's show, and if you didn't listen to it, please consider do. It was about the Supreme Court and about replacing the great Justice Antonin Scalia and how I wish it would be done based on the constitution and based on principled arguments and the amount of people who listened or claimed to listen to the show and thought I wanted somehow I was a liberal hack I didn't understand the constitution I was just giving in and folding to Obama what makes conservatism quote unquote better on paper is you used to believe in the process of how you do things. That was one of the things that used to separate old conservatives against liberals. Liberals who believe in the ends justify the means. So if you're a liberal and you have to ignore the Constitution to get what you think is right, well then you're going to do that. Is that what conservatism is becoming? So let me be quite perfectly crystal clear 
as clear as I can possibly be. I do not want President Barack Obama to nominate anyone to the Supreme Court to get him succeeded. I don't want anybody replacing Judge Anton and Scalia. But I want it done on a principal constitutional argument that says we will follow the constitution. Does Barack Obama have the pre- the power to nominate someone? Absolutely, and he should. But the P- Republican Party should not be basing their objections based on well, he's a lame duck president, or you know, this is what Joe Biden did in two thousand, and this is what Chuck Schumer did in two thousand and seven, and this is an eighty year presidency, and and this is a lame duck presidency, and it's an election year, and blah 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 blah. I would like the objections to be on a constitutional basis. I laid some of them out last week. Do you believe in original intent or not? Do you believe in judicial activism or not? Do you believe the Supreme Court acts as a rubber stamp for any president's agenda? I don't care what letter they have beside their name, whether it be a D or an R or an I or anything else. Do you believe that is the Supreme Court's job? Do you believe the Supreme Court's job is to make law or tell if law is constitutional or not? These are simple, principled, constitutional questions. And I would hope, now maybe I do live in la-la land which is all dreamy and great and full of roses and it isn't the real world. I would hope these questions would be asked, regardless of who the president is, regardless of who which party controls the Senate, and regardless of who nominates them. The Constitution should be number one. It's not a one set of rules for a Democrat and one set of rules for a Republican. If you want that, go live in France and France's founding principles, which is brotherhood. But even still, if you don't agree with what I said, and many people didn't, and that's okay. If you believe, John, I got I got one great quote. I just don't understand the times we're living in. That, yeah, I love the Constitution, but can you imagine what a liberal justice was? Would do. So, all of a sudden, the ends justify the means. I would ask anyone who thinks these things, or just wants to play politics, or wants to quote 80-year precedences, take a long, good look at yourself in the mirror and see what you're becoming. Because if conservatives or republicans, I don't know which, is which, but I don't look into these people, but... Take a good look at yourself and say, do the ends justify the means? That is one very important question you need to say. Because the conservatives I know, the conservatives I love and admire, they understand process is everything. It's what separates you. But what I found really troubling was... I'm okay. If you want to disagree with me, fine. I have no problem. I've always said, I'm not here to convert anybody. I'm here to ask tough questions and get you to understand what you really stand for. 
But one of the things that always upsets me, and it doesn't upset me, it just upsets me not that it's directed at me, but the culture we live in. Of all, and I've spoken out for, I don't know how long now, 10 years, nearly. If you took all the objections that have been sent to me over the years, and especially over the last eight, which mostly come from Republicans and Conservatives, by the way, which is funny. I can count on my left hand the amount of times an objection has come to me saying, Hey, John, you said this about something. Let's just say last week. You said this about the Supreme Court. I disagree. This is the way I think we should go. Have a good day. I can count on my left hand the amount of times I get an objection. Instead, we have to demean everyone. We have to insult them. Oh, John, you're just a liberal hack. Oh, John, you don't understand the Constitution. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're naive. Must we destroy everyone? Can we no longer engage in respectful debate and dialogue? Is it okay for two people who are rational, decent human beings to sit down and have a discussion on any issue and then at the end of that discussion come to the say, hey, you see the world one way, I see the world another way. We have different priorities, but we'll agree to disagree and, and walk away friends. Or does it always have to go, well, you know what, he, he, he just doesn't see the way I, world the way I see it. I have to convert him. And if I can't convert him, I'm going to demean him and insult him. If we saw two six-year-old kids acting like this in the playground, what would we say? What would we do? And now here's a tough question. For those who believe we have to demean and we have to destroy and insult them, what's the difference between you and that spoilt little brat? That six-year-old kid who wants to bully everyone and make everyone do things the way he wants to do them or she wants to do them. What's the difference between you and that spoilt little brat who, when is told no, sits down and cries and screams and goes, I want to do it my way. What is the difference? And here's the most troubling question. What example are we setting for future generations? What example are we setting? Remember the old saying, what one generation tolerates, the next embraces. You think things are bad now, with the way people act? Can you imagine, can you imagine what the next generation will be like? They're seeing this behavior. They're seeing it accepted. They're seeing it on a national stage right now with your presidential frontrunner. Who you dare disagree with him? That's right, I'm going there. You dare disagree with Donald Trump? You must be destroyed. Not only must you be destroyed, but you must get hate mail and threats. Is that the culture you want to live in? Is that the generation you want to raise, the, a group of narcissists who are so full of themselves who have such giant egos that you dare disagree with them you must be crushed 
My God. It's time to wake up and understand process matters. It's time to wake up and ask yourself, do you want to be different? Do you want to be men who fight fight like they're determined to be free? Who fight with principles? Who fight for everything they believe in? But there are just certain people you can't convert. But that's okay. They have a right to freedom. They have a right to live. They have a right to their own opinion. Or should we crush everyone that disagrees with us? And I'll leave you with, at this segment with this point. If you believe that it's okay to crush everyone that disagrees with you. Two questions. One, do we no longer believe in the individual? Because there are individuals that are different from the collective. I know because I am one. Should I be crushed in Ireland because I don't believe in the socialist utopia? Should I be crushed because I dare not believe in big government, even though I live in a country that does? I'll go even one personal. Should I be crushed because I am a Christian, not a Catholic, and I live in a Catholic country? Should I be crushed because I believe in the free market, not in a socialist utopia, which either goes from believing in big business or believing in big government business? Should I be crushed? Should I be crushed because I go against the grain and I actually believe in America and your history, your principles and your constitution, even though in the world today, it's so easy to hate America. It's the right thing to do if you ask many people. Should I be crushed? Should I be destroyed? Should I be silenced? Should I be sent to a gulag because I dare have a different of opinion? Do we believe in the individual or do we believe in the collective? Because here's a news tip. If you believe in the collective then what separates you from Karl Marx and Leninism and Stalinism and socialism and every pretty much every other ism that you can think of on the left? They all believe in the, in the collective. They want to strip the human and the individual of their, their rights. Because we're all the same. Well, I can tell you we're not. I'm not. I am very, very different to the vast majority of people around me that I know that I go to church with in my very own family they're my blood I'm extremely different pretty much on every level should I be crushed should I be insulted and should I get death threats these are the questions that America needs to ask itself you're at a turning point 
and the country you become will be determined by the actions you take today, tomorrow and the next day and how you take them. I'll be right back, America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. You're looking to sell your home at realestateagentsitrust.com. Our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. So, as we were discussing in the first segment, I want to flip it. I want to ask you a question about yourself, but I want to flip it. I want you to close your eyes for a minute and I want you to imagine you're me. You live in Ireland. You have a trying to put this nicely, a pretty heavily socialist family. You have a family who believe in big government, big regulation. You have a family who believe in unions. You're surrounded by Catholics and some atheists. You live in a neighborhood which is very very socialist the person who will likely top the poll in my constituency belongs to Sinn Féin which is now openly using the word progressive they're the progressive party and you believe in government pretty much every way transport yourself to me that you live here this is your life on a political scale the best party in Ireland is probably Hillary Clinton in many ways and the worst party is probably slightly worse than Bernie Sanders and everyone is in between and everyone will vote for them and support them how would you act you live here this is your life this is all you've known how would you act would you demean and insult everyone you knew would you look down your nose at them Would you send them death threats? Because that's the cool thing now, right? You disagree with someone, you got to send them a death threat. It's cool. Especially someone in the media. You know? That's that's how people roll today, you know? In case you hadn't known. 
for those who don't know what I'm talking about, if you Google some of my Blaze colleagues, you'll see some stories there. How would you act? Is it possible? Now here's a question that's going to blow some people's minds. Is it possible to be a socialist and a good person? Is it possible to be a socialist and be a Christian? <gasps> Is it possible to be a socialist and God-fearing? Is it possible to be a socialist and believe in Jesus Christ? Well, I'm here to tell you it is. I've got many friends over here. People I see in church. People I've volunteered with. People I've done some emotional volunteering with. Stories that would break your heart. And they're all good people. But they believe in government. You see, we're supposed to believe, or conservatives are supposed to believe in the individual. And when you believe in the individual and not the collective, you're acknowledging certain things. But among them is that each person has their own set of emotions, their own set of beliefs and their own set of life experiences and they all come together to form who they are, their character and what they believe we need to start seeing the individual again and start humanizing it because right now in many ways there's an attack on the individual and some of those attacks are coming from quote unquote republicans and conservatives because right now because of its election season, and this is no justification. Well, it's 2016 and the presidency is so important, John. It's still no justification for acting like a jerk and a moron. We need to start seeing the individual. We need to stop dehumanizing the individual by only seeing their voting record. Oh, you want to vote for Ted Cruz? I must crush you. You're wrong. You're stupid, he's not eligible, all this stuff that you get. <gasps> you want Marco Rubio? Oh my God, he's establishment, he's sellout, he's a whatever. <gasps> you want Ben Carson? He hasn't got political experience, he talks like he's asleep all the time. And you really want him sitting across from Vladimir Putin? He'd put Vladimir Putin to the sleep. Who you vote for is only one part of what you do. If all you see is someone is a voting record, then you no longer see the individual. You no longer acknowledge their life experiences, right or wrong, of how they've got to this point in time, right here, right now. I often talk in this show, and if you've listened to me for a while, you'll have heard me say this many times. While 9-11 was one of your worst days, 9-12 was one of your greatest days. Because for that snapshot in history, your people came together. 
and it didn't matter who you voted for or what your opinions were or what political beliefs you had you saw the human you saw your American brother and sister you saw them upset you saw them in pain and you wanted to help can you imagine if just a fraction of your people acted that way again actually understood the fundamental difference between your voting record and your character and your experiences because here's the thing let's just talk about the first thing in demeaning and insulting people and I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple if you know of anyone please send this person to me how many people do you know that got insulted got demeaned and said, you know what, that person who insulted me and, and called me all names under the sun and said I was the biggest idiot and I wasn't clear and I was just so stupid for not getting their point. I have went back and thought about it and they were absolutely right. I think they're, I'm going to join them. How many people do you know that has happened to? How many times does it happen to you where you're insulted, demeaned, felt like, made feel like crap? And then you went, huh, that person was right after all. Now even if you did think of the principles they were saying, if you, if you got rid of all the crap and the insults and you actually boiled down to the principles, and you said, actually, that person is right. How likely are you to go talk to them and say, you know what, you're actually right. How likely are you go to go side with them and stand with them in principle? It's damned hard, isn't it? Secondly, and we're at this point in America and in the world where people have no real alternative. You know, it's easy for people who believe in principles to say, I'm all for the Constitution. I'll use me as an example. It's easy for me to say I'm all for the Constitution. I've read your history. I've studied it. I've sought out the things I believe in. But here's the truth. For someone who doesn't go do their own research, for someone who just doesn't have the time, you know, a single mother of two young kids who works two part-time jobs, she doesn't have time to be going through the news day in, day out. She doesn't have time to read books. She doesn't have time to listen to certain people and educate herself. She's more focused on putting food on the table, minding her two kids, getting them to school, doing all the laundry and all the household chores. Likewise, somebody who works 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You know, some of these people like who are truck drivers, for example. Who, you know, spend four or five weeks away at a time from their partner, from their family. They mightn't have time to necessarily read and research. If you've done long distance driving, let me tell you, and I've done a small parts with things I've done. When you drive for six, seven, eight hours a day, let me tell you, the last thing you want to do is crack open a book and go, let me read what the co- Alex uh, the Toadfield said, or let me read some Edmund Burke. That's the last thing you want to do after driving. 
Now, how should we respond to those people who just aren't as smart as we are? Should we look down their noses at them? Because here's the thing, just on the Constitution, there are many in both parties, and this isn't a one party, this isn't all I'm going to attack the left, there are many in both parties who don't believe in the Constitution or at best pay lip service to it. Now you're just, you have a snapshot of someone who doesn't have that much time to educate themselves and understand the principles. Where do you go today to find someone who is constitutional, true and true? There are two people I know, and I do a lot of work, that I respect on the Constitution issue. Mark Levin and Judge Napolitano. There are two. One has a radio show and is just launching his own TV show, Best of Luck, Mark. And the second one is on Fox at a different irregular times. It's not like he has a slot. He's on it at different times for different issues. They've obviously written books, but it's not easy to find them. So if you're not educated on the Constitution or what it means, you're looking at the world today going, well, neither of them really pay, so I'll pick a left or a right. Give you another example, and this is easier. How many people today truly believe in the free market? Today you have the left, which believes in big government business, which is in like the likes of Solyndra, and saying the government should say what way to go forward. Well, Obama. Well, you know, if you believe in coal and you want to do a coal plant, it will bankrupt you. Yes, he said that. But it's okay to, you know, give millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to the likes of Solyndra, you know, for solar power. Or you have the other side, the Republicans, who believe in big business. You know, slamming the door shut after you to make sure no one threatens your wealth who believe in big regu regulations. You want a simple test of the free market? There's one issue, and it's the simplest issue of all to sort out. It's even been discussed in this campaign trail. Ethanol. You could argue against ethanol on two reasons. One, the principled says, hey, we believe in the free market. We don't believe government should pick winners and losers. Or two, a success rate. Ethanol is a commercial failure. Government shouldn't be investing in commercial failures. It has hurt millions of people. There's two arguments. I could go on longer, but ethanol is a boring subject and I don't want to bore you. But there's two principled reasons you could argue against us. How many candidates did? No, in fact, you had one candidate, Ted Cruz, who was told, and I quote by Donald Trump, he needs to get in line on ethanol. There's your front runner. If you're that single mother of ki two kids, or you're that truck driver, or you're just a regular family, a farmer, it's not interesting to look at the news and read philosophy and read your history. I find it fascinating, but I'm odd, I'm unusual. I think my upbringing in Ireland and understanding your culture says I'm odd and I'm different. But where do you get the free market solutions today? Where do you get the free market arguments? 
Now, should we look down our nose at them and belittle them just because, well, I'm just so smart. I understand the free market and I understand the Constitution and I understand principles and I expect someone else to, even though there is real no, no real voice for either today. In the grand scheme of things, you switch on ABC, you switch on Fox, you switch on CNN. Where's the free market vision there? Where is the free market vision? Where is the constitutional voice there? Yes, Judge Napolitano and Mark Levin appear, but they don't have a slot. They don't have their own show. So, should we keep insulting them? Should we keep demeaning them? Or should we seek to reach out and try and educate them? And not get frustrated when they don't immediately see things our way. You know, freedom and discussing principles and discussing the free market, it isn't like a light switch where you just talk to someone and they just click a light switch and all of a sudden, ah, my 20, 30, 40 year, 50 years of life experiences has just been vanished because you've told me something in five minutes and I just got it. You know, many people today, and especially this is on the younger generation. I love people today who want to go, oh, young people are so sucky and young people suck and young people are voting for Bernie Sanders and the young generation just suck. They're crap. Yeah, because they haven't been given an alternative. Young people today, I feel sorry for them. Because not only are they not been given a new vision, a vision of constitutional free market conservatism, but not only that, but when they, because they're not given that, they don't understand it, they're not given the alternative. And when they dare voice another opinion, they're told they suck and oh my God, you're just another social. And do you not understand Europe? How about we reach out to them and say, hey, there is another way. Hey, this is another path. It isn't left versus right. There's another option. We need to get our arguments out there. So I ask you, as I go into this commercial break, how would you act if you were in Ireland? Should I look down on everyone? Because there is no alternative here. Should I insult and demean everyone? Should I send them death threats? Should I seek to silence them just because they believe in a vision I don't? Even if their vision has proved countless times over throughout the history of the world, it doesn't work. How would you act? And how should I act? I'll be right back, America. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. up today on Pat and Stu. Trump won South Carolina. Now we switch. Now Republicans go to uh, Nevada and Democrats go to South Carolina. And, and Donald Trump, I think, you know, look. He's going to win Nevada. He, he had this by a lot. He, well, yeah, he's favored uh, overall. And, and it's a small, it's only five delegates, I think. There, so yeah, it's not, a, it's not a big deal, but it's something, uh, you know, it's a big enough deal that you should still get. I spit on Nevada. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. As you can probably tell, I'm a bit uh, bit fired up today. Um, I really do want to thank everyone who tunes in and shares this um, podcast with people. Um, I'm starting to get comfortable um, talking in a room to myself. It's it's if anyone's ever done a podcast or um, attempted to do one, it's or it's it's kind of a weird experience and it takes a while to get comfortable with. You know, you gotta you're sitting in a room and I gotta sit in a room and talk to myself for an hour. It's 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 weird, um, but I I want to try and question, make you question yourself. That's my ultimate aim in this. It's always my ultimate aim. So I do a lot of work and uh, I try my best. And uh, a few suggestions have come in for future shows. Um, I'm working on them as we speak. Next week's show I'm really excited for to, to share with you. I've done a lot of work behind the scenes um, on it. It's about revolutions um, because you very much are in a revolution. So I, I hope you'll consider um, tuning into that show and, and really sharing with people because it's time to understand what time America is at and the world is at right now and how important your role is and what you can do. And education is so important. I want to finish up what I've been talking about um, by going the place I should never go. You know, the place that's bad today, that's frowned upon. The Bible. And I want to read you a sentence from it. Matt, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 for if you love those who love you what right have you to claim any credit even the tax collectors do as much do they not and if you save your greeting for your brothers are you doing anything exceptional even the pagans do as much do they not there's a quote for you from the bible to think about you see it's easy you've heard me say this quite a lot actually over the last couple of weeks it's easy to be nice to people who agree with you it's easy to stand for principles when they go for you it's easy to be for the constitution and freedom and you know when it suits you it's hard to be for them when they go against you it's hard to be nice when you're talking to people who disagree with you am I saying it's impossible no I try my best I'm I try my best to be as nice to everyone I, I do struggle at times um, because I have to listen to certain opinions which I don't agree with I also struggle because in many ways I'm an introvert so you know chit chat is not something I that comes natural to me and that's just who I am but I always try and be respectful of other people's opinions because you're basing their opinion right now right here which has been formed over countless thousands of emotions and countless thousands of experiences that we don't see but I want to finish up what I was talking about about living in Ireland and about standing and being nice to people because there are two things I see 
and two questions I would like you to ask yourself. I know I'm asking you a lot of questions today, I apologise. I see people both in faith and in freedom look down their nose at other people. Well, they just don't get it. And they insult them. I always wondered and love to know, are those people ever thankful for being awake? Are those people ever thankful to God for being so, so wise and so, so smart? Do they ever go home and go, wow, I'm so blessed to be awake. I'm so blessed to understand freedom. I'm so blessed to understand my faith. I'm so blessed to understand what's happening in the world today. I'm so blessed to be awake because bad times are coming and I'm awake so I can prepare. Or are those people just going, I just look down at those, look at those people. They just, they're so stupid, they're so dumb, they don't even know what time it is, they don't get freedom. You know, they believe in socialism. And the second question is, for those that are awake, how many have used their talents properly? How many people who are awake and understand what time it is and understand freedom and understand the Constitution and understand their faith in God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? How many people have used their talents wisely and properly to wake their fellow brothers and sisters up? These are just some of the questions I have, you know, for people who want to interact today in the world. Which leads me to my next point I want to make. And it's a small point, but it's wrapped up in everything we've spoke about in the first two sections segments. Morals in society. Where do they come from? Do we have any morals in society today? Honestly, do we? Do we love? Do we honour? Do we respect? We stand for life. Do we have any? And where do they come from? Well, you know, it's easy to look just, I hate generalising, but let's just generalise. Where are some of the places that morals come from in society today? Hollywood. Movies. The TV. What's on what you watch at night? Whether it's all these reality TV shows, like Big Brother, and I don't know what TV shows. This is where I'm really bad. You know, your your sitcoms, whatever floats your boat. Um, whatever other TV shows you watch, Law and Order. Where else do they come from? Well, they come from politics. It's 2016, the race to the election, how people act. You're witnessing us every day. You're seeing all these commercials. But let's boil it down closer to the individual. Where do morals come from? Well, arguably, first place they come from is your parents. Where else do they come from? Your family, your friends, your community. And, of course, the church. Now, I ask you today, 
Where are the morals coming from? And where should they come from? What morals are parents teaching their kids today? What morals as our communities teaching their kids today, the next generation? What morals are the church teaching? It seems to me many morals that have been taught today is it's a rat race. It's a race to the bottom or what they would say is a race to the top. You have people today which kids openly embrace where one of their taglines was get rich or die trying. There are many today who would say the moral is to get as rich as possible. In fact, that even sentiment has been encroached in the Bible. I can't tell you the amount of priests and pastors I've sat in and listened to them preach where they think when God and the Bible is talking about the rich and poor, they're talking about an income. Where do morals come from? And what morals are we teaching our next generation? And our this generation? And where should they? That is something we need to examine in society. Because if we don't change our morals and our principles and how we interact with each other, you know, I love, just on a, on a side note, the amount of criticism I see my boss gets, and it's been tran- converted so many times for saying he actually respects Bernie Sanders because he believes he's been truthful. And that's somehow an attack on Glenn Beck's character. I respect that. I could sit down with Bernie Sanders and have a conversation. In fact, I actually think me and Bernie Sanders would actually agree on a certain part of what he says. Bernie Sanders, in many ways, is good at identifying problems. His solutions suck. But I could have a sit-down conversation with Bernie Sanders. And because, from what I've seen, he's been pretty much open and honest. He's been a socialist as, I don't know, about his entire life, but as long as I've known of him in Congress for 20-something years, he's been consistent. I can have a conversation with that. We won't agree pretty much on any solution, and that's okay. I don't want to shut him up. I don't want to send him a death threat. Oh my God, he sees socialism. I'd love to have a conversation with Bernie Sanders. And me personally, I would love to even more have a conversation with Bernie Sanders. Because I'd be able to tell him, hey, you know, look, I lived under it for 30-something years. I want to get away from it. You know, and maybe try and wake him up. And try and inspire him and change his opinion. Not by insulting him, but by telling him what it's really like in a socialist country. Now, would I succeed in changing his mind? Probably not, because he has 70-something years on this planet, which is a lot more than I have, of experiences and opinions and emotions. But I would certainly try. But I don't want to shut Bernie Sanders up. I encourage anyone who's honest to have shared their opinion. I'll always encourage it. Would I sit down with Hillary Clinton? No. 
because what she's for one minute she's against the next minute she double speaks out of her mouth depends on what the day she's what day it is and what emotion she is having and you know what city she's in you know even boil down to her accent it depends on what city she's in depends on what way she talks but where do where should morals come from in society I'll leave you where I think they should come from would I like Hollywood to share some good principles about the free market about conservatism about the constitution sure but I ain't waiting on it would I love Hollywood to portray America in a true light sure I ain't waiting on it would I like the media to absolutely I ain't waiting on it because the media have sold out they care more about money than they do about principles because as people always say John good news just doesn't sell and that's fine would I like to see it in politics absolutely I would love and in fact since we're talking about politics I would love nothing more than Donald Trump Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio to get on that stage at the next debate and through their ads and have a principled discussion of where they want to take the country of what they would do in their administration and not be well I would do this because you're stupid and I would do this because you're just wrong not have a discussion be confident in your own ideas be confident in your platform and let the people decide that I would love to see don't know whether we'll see it I don't hold out much hope if I was a betting man I'd bet pretty much everything I own which isn't much on it not happening but where we can make a change is in our families in our communities and in our churches it's sad how many people don't understand the role of the church today and the role it played in your founding it's easy for people to say well the declaration of independence and I say this the declaration of independence is one of the greatest documents ever written it is I truly believe it but you could argue I don't think there is a declaration of independence without your churches for the 10, 20, 30 years prior to the declaration of independence explaining real freedom releasing catechisms spreading that message because before you can have a declaration of independence and the principle it stands for before that you have to light that fire in the hearts for freedom for liberty for the individual before you can really accept and embrace it where do you think morals should come from in society where would you like them and then when you figure out the answer to that what are you doing to make that happen I gotta take one more quick break America I hope you'll stick with me this is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network
Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. A former Soviet agent says he has found evidence that Joseph Stalin spied on Mao Zedong and others. He spied on them. A top secret program where they analyzed their excrement to construct a psychological profile. My first question was why. My second question was why. My third question was, what are you out of your effing mind? The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope um, today's show has been enjoyable to you and that you've had some questions that mean something to you. I appreciate that there was a lot of questions throughout today's show, but not everyone, every question is aimed for everyone. There will be certain questions that will mean more to you than someone else. So take the relevant questions and please think about them and and find out what you want to be. These are tough times. These are very tough and dark times. In many ways, I think the battles, the battle today is, yes, it's for your country, yes, it's for your constitution, yes, it's for freedom. But in many ways, I think it's an individual battle to keep your soul and to do the right thing. And with that being said, I want to finish up by making one last point on everything we've spoken about and sharing a personal story with you. It seems to me winning all of a sudden has become an important part of society and culture today. We all just want to win. I have all I've seen some friends over the last two, three days say that the election is over and when it comes to my state I'm just gonna vote Trump because he's the winner. That's fine, that's your right. But what is important? You'll always hear people say, Well, you can have winning or you can have principles. Which do you choose? Well, it's not always either-either. You can win and have principles. America is proof of this. Your founding. Just think about what it took to overcome the superpower today. You won, but you had principles. You changed the world because you had principles. But when I hear people say, we're going to win and we're going to win and we're going to win. I'm going to be absolutely blunt with you and people are going to take this the wrong way. When I hear that, I hear all the Irish politicians right now in elections talking about fairness. I'm going to do what's fair. I'm going to do what's right. You see, the thing about when people say, I'm just going to win, and by the way, I'm not just talking about a politician and a candidate running right now. I'm talking about surrogates and people around who want just to win. I've heard this winning crap 
Because people say, oh, you're talking about Donald Trump and you're attacking him. Yes, partly. But I've heard this winning crap from the GOP for as long as I've been around. Marco Rubio is the only one who can win. John McCain's the only one who can win. Mitt Romney's the only one who can win. Now, I've heard this for a long time. This winning crap. Define winning. Because here's the thing. My definition of winning, I can guarantee you, is a lot different than the people in the GOP's definition of winning. Their definition of winning is getting the candidate they like the most in power. My definition of winning, here it is for you. Does God win? Does the Constitution win? Do your people win? Do your principles win? Does your Constitution win? That's what I'm focused on. Define winning. It's like fairness. All these Irish politicians going around, I'm going to do what's fair. I'm going to do what's right. Vote for me. Well, what's fair is different from one person to the next in politicians. Well, I think it's fair to tax, you know, the rich 50% of tax, and, well, I think it's fair to tax them 60%, and I think it's fair to tax them 40%. There's three different versions of fairness that have nothing to do with principle or actual fairness. It's just opinion. But we, we use the word fairness because, well, it sounds good. It poll-tested well. It's like winning. Oh, well... Are you telling me you go against me you want to be a loser? No, I'm telling you I want to be about principles. But since we all know winning and principles can matter and can happen at the same time, what I will ask you is, if you can only choose one, which do you choose? If it's all about winning, how exactly are you different from as I spoke earlier on, the left, the ends justify the means. If you're all about winning, that means there has to be a loser. What about them? What about their feelings? What about their emotions? And what happens when they get to power? I'm going to speak about this next week's show about the revolutions. But there is a reason. America had one revolution and France had six and it's to do with this winning and losing. And if you want winners and losers, what about all people being created equal? What about their rights? Is it a rights for the winners and a different set of rights for the losers or is our rights eternal because they come from God? But I will leave you with this point on winning. Vote for your conscience. If Donald Trump is your guy, vote for Donald Trump. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that because Glenn Beck paid me to talk for Ted, about Ted Cruz. Oh, oh my God, sorry Glenn. If Ted Cruz is your guy, vote for Ted Cruz. If Marco Rubio is your guy, vote for Marco Rubio. Oh, damn, I, 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 I annoyed Glenn twice there. Vote your conscience. Don't vote for winning. Vote for principles. Vote your conscience. Vote for what you think is right. Put your name beside the person you think will do the best job. Not because, well, they're going to win and they're eventual nominee, so hey, I may as well vote for them. If that is true, that's the very time, if you're not for that candidate, to vote against them. That's the very time to vote against them because, hey, they're going to win anyway, so you might as well speak your mind. Right? 
I want to finish up today's show by sharing a personal story with you. I mean, it's not really a story, it's, it's about a principle. I know many are going through tough times right now. Many of my colleagues are having a bit of a tough time. Again, if you've read about that. Many Americans are, are down. Down on America. Are down on freedom. Are down on the Constitution. They think it's... Some even think it's over. Some of my Christian friends are talking about the end times. And Jesus is going to come and he's going to save us and judge us all. And it's all over. So we may as well just wait for Jesus. And if that's your thing, fair enough. I ain't waiting. I'm going to act. We're all going through tough times. But there's a reason we go through tough times. I hate talking about me because anytime I talk about me as a person, I always feel in my head I'm becoming an egomaniac or an egotistical person. And the show isn't about me, it's about you and your history and your principles. But many time reasons in my life I've gone through tough times and there's one consistent pretty much through my whole life I've been bullied if you look at me if you've ever seen a picture of me I'm, I'm no oil painting I've always been big I'm not good looking and that's just the way it goes and as a kid when you're beaten up countless times and you're insulted and you're demeaned and you're told you're no good you're made feel you're useless it's a horrible time and in many ways the easiest thing for, for someone who's gone through it and I'm sure many of you who are listening have gone through something similar the easiest thing in the world is to think the following I wouldn't wish that on anyone what I went through I wouldn't want anyone to go through because in many times it was horrible, horrific, soul-destroying, some of the things that have been said to me. But I wouldn't change it for the world. And let me tell you why. Because I don't think I could do today what I do if I hadn't gone through that childhood. If I hadn't gone through that upbringing. You know, if you if you follow me on Twitter, you see me on social media. I sometimes interact with people who insult me because sometimes publicly and sometimes privately. But if you've seen me do it publicly, I get the same insults that I did 30 years ago when I was a kid. Oh, you're fat. Oh, wow, that's so original. Oh my God, how long did it take you? How long did it take you to find that out? Oh, you're an idiot. Okay. And I actually applaud people who come up with these insults who actually are original and I've never heard before. I'll always salute them and say, well, at least, you know, thanks for insulting me, you know, at least you taught about it. Some of the emails I get. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the hardest comment is, oh, just sit down, shut up, you don't belong here, you, you know nothing about our country, you're not even there, so just mind your own business. In many ways, my tough times of bullying... It was getting me battle tested. Getting me battle ready. It was me each time putting on a sheet of armour. 
and overcoming things. It's made me, rightly or wrongly, my bullying made me who I am today. It's helped me get through things. I'm so used to being insulted now that anytime anyone does insult me, it's just, ah, ah, no big deal. The reason I share this little story about me is you are going through tough times right now. And it's easy to say, I wish I didn't have to. It would be so much easier if I didn't. Here's the thing. The tough times you're going through and failure, since we just spoke about winning, are looked upon as bad things. I never look upon them as bad things. What I do look upon as a bad thing is if you go through them or you go through failure and you learn not nothing. If you come out the other side and you haven't learned a damn thing, now that is truly upsetting to me. We are all on a journey as individuals. We are all on a journey in life. And in many ways, I think that journey leads to one part, one thing. Find out who you really are. How do you react? How do you think? How do you overcome? Are you a sunshine patriot? Or are you an all-weather patriot? It's easy to be for something that's cool, that's hip. That's easy. You know, you just do it. What takes patience? What takes time? What takes courage? The real brave people? Are the people who stand up against something in the rain, in the snow, in the cold, in the ice, when times are hard? When there's no one to stand by you. When you're the one person in that big crowded arena that says, no, I see things different. And I'm going to stand for something different. When you go against the grain, in many ways, that's real bravery. I share this with you for you to look at your tough times not as it's okay to be upset and to go, why me? and question. But I would ask you, if you're going through these tough times, to to look and say, what am I supposed to learn right now? What am I supposed to be doing? I know I'm trying to do that a lot more because things are tough right now as well for me. What am I supposed to learn right now? And please help me learn those things because sometimes you need an extra bit of help. Especially if you're like me. We're all going through tough times of one definition of another. Use it as a learning experience. Find out who you really are. Find your soul, what you stand for. Find your morals. Find your heart. Whatever it is you have to learn, learn. As always, America, I finished this show up by saluting your your police your firefighters your emergency personnel and your vets people who put it on the line day in day out who stand for the principles of freedom who stand for the individual not the collective 
and I salute you, the great American people. You will be what makes America great again. Not a politician, not a party. You, the people. Until next week, America, God bless you, and God bless America. Freedom's Disciple, with Jonathan Dunn, On Demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 